like to know him. Are you ready for start time? This is the Dab Podcast. Okay, well, let me kind of move these things around here, you know. Rome Solo, Friday Dab. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. It looks like it just came out of the basement. It's showtime. All right, let's bring to the stage. Yeah. Your Highness, live from the bricks, one six. Keep wild, bang your head, break the drum sticks. Bubble assault, rise with the blue mix. Specialist with the smash, it's catch a flick. Hello, hello. Welcome in Rome Solo Friday Dab number 44 here on the Dab Podcast coming your way. I'm your host, Andrew Romanella. You know the deal. You can get the Dab Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at Dab Podcast on both of them. You can get us on Gmail, dabpodcast at gmail.com, and you can get us on our website, dabpodcast.com and you can also get me on my personal twitter coach romo 24 if you want to just singly tweet out the rome solo episode of the dab podcast listen there's probably a lot of times i can get on the airwaves of the dab podcast and i could talk to you about the game of baseball and especially now with Manny Machado having signed a 10-year, $300 million deal. Nolan Arenado having signed an extension for eight years and $260 million. And now Bryce Harper signing the biggest deal you've ever seen from a baseball player at 13 years, $330 million. And I'm sitting here, and besides the fact that I hate the Philadelphia Phillies, and I thought it was a little laughable that Harper was clearly honest in the process about how he didn't really want to be a Philadelphia Philly, but because they got over 300 mil, they went to 13 years, and nobody else was offering him the mega deal that he wanted, Bryce Harper signs with the Phillies. But that's not why I'm here to talk to you, because we could dissect that deal nine times over, and... We could try and figure out if he's actually going to play with the Phillies till he's 38, if he's going to get traded, all that other good stuff. But I took a different approach to this. In the last month and a half, there's been a lot of debate about baseball in general. First, starting with the free agent market, which has been non-existent in the last two seasons. It's been two off seasons of, quite frankly, boring Contract negotiations going on for free agents in Major League Baseball. And on top of that, there's a lot of discussion about baseball rule changes. So how do I get from $330 million to baseball rule changes? Because is anyone even going to be watching Major League Baseball when Bryce Harper's on his 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th year of this deal? Are the kids now that are supposed to be fawning over Bryce Harper even going to care about the game of baseball in 13 years. Which is why these players are so adamant about getting their guaranteed money and getting their years and securing up their careers. Now, 
they're not thinking about it from a fan standpoint. They're thinking about it from a financial standpoint, from a peace of mind standpoint, from a this is what we all work our tails off in our lifetime to get to standpoint. But the baseball fan in me, the baseball coach in me, can't help but continually come back to the question, where will the game of baseball be in 13 years? When the Phillies are done paying off Bryce Harper and the Mets still have four more years to pay Bobby Bonilla, yes, Bryce Harper will be done with his contract before the Mets are done paying Bobby Bonilla. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check that one out. Greatest contract signed in any type of history, not just sports, any type of history. But I digress. I don't know. I don't know. And in January, the unions came together and there were 12 rule changes at the time that Major League Baseball presented to the MLBPA. And we're not going to dissect all of them because the realistic nature of the situation is all 12 of those rule changes won't even come close to being adopted. And really, you suggest the rule changes, not necessarily for the season coming up, but for the seasons coming up in the future. So if you look at a lot of these rule changes and you look at the response from the MLBPA, and the conversations that have ensued after, it looks like 2020, 2021, 2022, those are going to be seasons where you might see some real major rule changes in Major League Baseball. So what are these rule changes? Do they matter? Will they be positive for the game? Is it something that's actually going to help the entertainment value for Major League Baseball? First one. A three batter minimum for pitchers, meaning a relief pitcher has to come into the game and face a minimum of three batters before he can then be taken out of the game. And we'll dissect these in a second, but we're going to go through them first. Secondly, a universal designated hitter. Essentially, the American League rules now become the National League rules, now become all of MLB's rules. A single trade deadline before the All-Star break. That one is not necessarily that important. A 20-second pitch clock. Big right there because players have already come out and have not agreed with a pitch clock in Major League Baseball. The expansions of rosters from 25 to 26 players. Big time. That opens up 30 more jobs in Major League Baseball. Hard to see players not agreeing to that one. However, if they put a clause in there regarding how many pitchers you're allowed on that roster, there might be some pushback there, especially from the pitcher side of the players' union. Draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. So essentially, you tie that in to the revenue sharing that goes on in Major League Baseball. So for example, let's say the Oakland Athletics, who are a low payroll team that generally benefits from the luxury tax and big market teams going over that luxury tax number and having to pay back those teams under the luxury tax and those teams that are never going to get there, like in Oakland Athletics, they go to the playoffs like they did last year. They win 90-plus games like they win last year. They should get better draft picks and better incentives than the teams that are in their exact same boat that are winning 70 games a year, which I think is very fair. 
They're going to study whether or not they should lower the pitching mound. They are also going to study whether or not they should move the pitcher's mound back. I mean, we got dudes throwing the ball 104 miles per hour right now. 100 to 104 miles per hour from 60 feet, 6 inches. You know what that reaction time is? It's like two-tenths of a second. And we're not even talking about change-ups and curveballs and sliders and, heck, knuckleballs and knuckle curveballs. Insert pitch here. A rule that would allow two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts. Hmm. I wonder what guy recently. Oh, a Kyler Murray. Yeah. That changed the reasonings why teams are thinking about those rules. So that's just a few of the 12 total that were proposed at the winter meetings. Okay. And to me, those are the most prominent ones, but more so than anything else, probably the ones that you're actually going to see and have actually been debated the most over the course of the last few years. The few that really you think about, and the first one for me is the designated hitter. I mean, how long have we had this debate in Major League Baseball about how it's kind of ridiculous that 15 teams in the league play with a designated hitter and 15 teams don't? And now that baseball is so numbers driven, you look at it and you say to yourself, is there really a difference? Yes, there is. I think when you, when you looked it up, the average OPS of a hitter in the seven through nine hole in the National League last year was like a minus 177. And OPS is like slugging percentage and on base percentage added together, I believe. Something along those lines. One of the 99 numbers that these people use. And then in, in the American League, the, the OPS for a 7 through 9 hitter was like minus 44. You know, where the the hitters in the 7 through 9 hole generally aren't going to produce as great of numbers. But the drop-off from the hitters in the 7 through 9 hole in the National League compared to the American League was significant. And furthermore, in 2018, when a pitcher in the National League stepped to the plate, he got out 86.5% of the time. And that includes sacrifice bunting, which he's just trying to get the ball down and get himself out so he can move a runner over. 86.5% of the time. When there wasn't a sack bunt, 85.5%. Those are the two highest numbers in those categories of all time. In Major League Baseball. So yeah. You know I'm a baseball traditionalist. You know I guess in in some sense of the word. You know I tell my guys all the time. It doesn't matter where we play. It doesn't matter the optics. It doesn't matter if we're home. If we're away. If it's cold. If it's not. If there's a scoreboard in center field. If there's not. Because why? The bases are 90 feet. The pitching mound is 60 feet 6 inches. You only get 3 outs in an inning. You only get three strikes, you get four balls. The rules don't change. So it doesn't matter what your optics are. It's the same game all the time. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, well, yeah, that, that's good. And that's a good message for, for Coach Romo's college baseball team when he's trying to get them to not be distracted and go out and win some ball games. But that's not a good message for the issue at hand in Major League Baseball, which is entertainment value. That's the bottom line. 
Baseball is not that fun to watch. It's not aesthetically pleasing to the eye, as I like to tell people. It's not. If you're not a me or a guy in my realm who could sit and watch MLB Network and watch a, a ancillary spring training game on March 1st between the Mets split squad and the Blue Jays split squad, which are two teams that would never play but two games a year maybe in a rotation. If you're not that guy, if you're not the guy that's interested in that, baseball is not the sport for you and it's a problem. And you start asking yourself, what's wrong with baseball that they can't make rule changes? I went back in the Baseball Almanac. You know, go ahead to BaseballAlmanac.com. You can check out all the major documented rule changes in Major League Baseball over the course of its history. And I believe it starts in 1845, somewhere in that range, okay? And I was very taken back as I'm scrolling through this list, and I am, I'm looking at some dumb rule change, like some funny stuff, like back in the 1800s, changing a walk from eight pitches to six pitches. Like, imagine that. Like, think about how long the game must have been then. If you, if you saw eight balls, then you got awarded first base. Like, that's absurd. I think at one time, it was like six strikes to get you out. Something insanely crazy like that. We've clearly cut that number in half. But, you know, scrolling through rule changes like that, moving the pitcher's mound back from 50 to 60, making all batters wear helmets, adding leather to the baseball, making home plate rubber, things of those nature. Rule changes you see in the history of Major League Baseball. And then you get this 1975, okay? And they changed the, the, the rule change for a save, which really, if you think about it, changed the course of Major League Baseball. They changed the covering of the baseball. And they added an ex, a suspension for something stupid. Who the hell knows? Okay. And then from 1975, and this is according to Baseball Almanac. Now, now believe me, I know that there have been minor rule changes since then. But we're not having a conversation like this if we're talking about minor rule changes. We're not having a conversation like this if we're simply just talking about how far the outfield wall's dimensions are. No, we're not having that conversation. If we're trying to change it from 315 to 310, eh, you know, that's pretty cool. If we're, if, we're, if we're having another conversation, you know, the pitching rubber goes from 12 inches to 11 inches or something dumb like that, those aren't rule changes that are really going to change baseball. Yeah, maybe the outfield wall, you get a few more home runs. But that, that, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're really talking about the pace of play of the game. And when you sit down to watch the game, do you and can you get through nine innings? And since 1975, there have been two years in which baseball's made some major rule changes. That was in 2008 when they started adding instant replay. And then in 2016, really, when they added more instant replay and also kind of took away the rule at second base where you kind of got, you know, the area of the bag instead of having to have your foot on the bag. Expansions in, in, in replay, obviously, because of technology. But that blew my mind. Who are you, Major League Baseball? Really? And who are you the, as the game of baseball that you're too good to, to make changes? Really? Like, how long are we going to go on and have the conversation about how we're using we're losing America's youth. And it's not that interesting. I mean, think about this. We have players at the college level. They've dedicated their life to playing this game and wanting to play at the college level. And at the D3 level, you don't get any athletic money. 
So it's purely for your love of the game and at a lot of college levels because the fact of the matter is there's 428,000 kids, roughly, playing high school baseball. It's a small percentage of them that plays Division I college baseball, a little bit bigger D2, a lot larger D3, of course, makes sense. There's no athletic scholarships. And yet, not a lot of these kids are going to be playing professional baseball. So really, that is your A number one target audience. We got nearly half a million kids in the the United States of America from the ages of 14 to 18 playing the game of baseball. And we cannot continue to progress this game through them. You ask my guys, none of them watch baseball. None of them. It's brutal. The amount of times we as a coaching staff have made a comment like, yo, go turn on MLB Network and watch what these guys are doing. Watch their compete level. Watch the way they round the bases. Watch the way they communicate with each other. Watch the way they go about their business. Most of them, not all of them. Watch it. Yeah, you know, coach, I don't really. Yeah, no, you don't really. You don't watch it at all. How much do you know about the game of baseball? But it's not their fault. They grew up on, of course they grew up with cell phones and technology and social media. And, and, and I get all that. But football makes changes. They made some changes. Kick it off into the end zone. Bring it out to the 25-yard line instead of the 20. Moving extra points back so that it's not a 98% rate for kickers and it makes it a little bit more interesting and it, and it makes people uh, oh 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 well listen to this makes people watch the extra point they don't lose the eyes anymore you don't stand up if you're at the stadium and say all right word we just scored a touchdown i'm gonna go grab a beer because it's seven points for a long time it was a foregone conclusion in football that when you scored six you scored seven i mean let's be serious I don't remember, except for maybe that guy that was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the second round. Like, I think his name is like Albert Rojas or something like that. <laughs> that dude sucked. He was really good in college. Couldn't make an extra point to save his life. Besides that guy, I don't remember a kicker in my time, in my 28 years on this earth, saying at when, when the kickoff was, was back like, you know, 20, excuse me, the extra point was back like 20 yards and it was like on the three-yard line. I don't remember ever a guy where I was like, worried he's probably going to miss this. No, it was, it was a foregone conclusion, but football realized for their entertainment value, it was a better decision to go ahead and move that back. Right now, they're exploring options. Do we have a kickoff? Is that hurting the game? Is it helping the game, right? How can we modify it over time? No one just wants to, to, to win a coin toss and then kick a field goal and win a ball game. You want the other team to have a chance to get the ball in their hands now. You score a touchdown, i.e. New England Patriots. Patrick Mahomes don't get the ball. I think that's fair. But what it does is it adds entertainment value to your game. And that is what Major League Baseball is missing. Entertainment value to its game. So to go back to the rule changes that were proposed, you want to put the DH in the National League, go ahead. So we get more batted balls in play. We get less pitchers looking like idiots at the dish. I mean, let's be serious, ladies and gentlemen. At 14 and 15 years old, if you are a serious baseball player and you have the opportunity and you have the skill set and the talent level to possibly be a guy that's going to project to a high level of college baseball, to a draft pick, and to potentially being a very solid pro and to Major League Baseball, 
You're not touching a bat. You're not. You know that at 15 years old. Actually, as a college baseball coach, I have conversations with kids at 16 and 17 years old. Hey, Johnny, let's go ahead and put put the East and Stealth bat back in the bag. Maybe we sell it to one of our buddies. Okay, you can bring less equipment to the field. That's the bonus in this whole thing. But it's only going to be a glove and cleats because you're only going to be throwing the baseball. And it's a hard conversation for kids. But, but when you talk about it, you're talking to kids about how it's better for their career, better for their playing opportunities. And that's where we're wrong in this whole process. So the guys, the coaches like myself that are helping progress this game forward, the kids that I'm coaching that are helping progress this game forward are all not on the same page as Major League Baseball. So we as coaches are telling these kids, don't bat. If you're a really good pitcher, just work on pitching. And then these 15 National League owners and Major League Baseball are saying, no, but we really like the tradition of the game. And it's so unique in baseball how one league has the DH and one league doesn't. Dude, who cares? Really, what are we talking about here? Really, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So for 10 years of this dude's career, He's going to use his right arm to make him millions of dollars, and then he's going to stand in in the World Series for the first time in, I don't know, his whole life maybe, his whole adult life. He might have, he, the last time he hit, he might have not even hit puberty yet. Think about that. The next time you watch an AL pitcher hit, think about the last time he might have picked up a bat, especially if he's a guy that's new to the league. That's stupid. That is stupid. You want to start talking about paying dudes $32 million? Now, I get it. I get it. That's not a pitcher. I understand. But the point being, you want to talk about giving these dudes millions and millions of dollars, but yet then we're going to put them in a position of failure and a position of potential injury. If the drop-off in Major League Baseball for a pitcher is 32 years old, why the hell is he running the bases? Why the hell is he swinging a bat? And why the hell is there an opportunity for, let's say, Noah Syndergaard, who throws the ball 98 miles per hour, to possibly hit him? And what makes it worse? I'm a right-handed thrower. I'm a left-handed hitter. What arm does that mean is facing the pitcher? That's my right hand. That even adds to it. It's even worse. So let's just take it out. And let's make the game more fun to watch. And let's make the game, hey, listen, that might mean there's more offense. It, it does in the AL. This is why we talk about the, oh, it's an automatic out, the eighth guy, the ninth guy, whatever it is, wherever the pitcher's batting, automatic out. So let's get over the baseball traditionalist feeling on this whole thing. And let's start making freaking decisions that's going to make the game more interesting. 20-second pitch clock. Listen, pitchers. Major League Baseball guys, I want you to understand something. 20 seconds is not that long. Excuse me. <laughs> it's not that short. I mean, really, what do we need more than 20 seconds for to deliver a baseball? Think about this, right? We tell our guy, and again, I'm not, I get it. You know, I tell these people all the time, I'm probably the bottom five percentile of college baseball coaches in the country. There are so many more guys that are better than me, that know more than me, that are more knowledgeable than me, that I'm trying to learn from and get to. But we constantly talk, and you hear it in the college game, pace, pace, pace with your pitchers. Get the ball back in seven seconds, deliver it within the next 11. Make that batter uncomfortable. I'm sorry. 
Why, when we get to Major League Baseball, does that change? Is that because we're divas? Is that because now that we've quote-unquote made it, we can kind of change how much pace we want to play with? Oh, let's take a deep breath. Let's, let's, let's do a rosin bag three times. Let's swipe our sweat six times. Let's get on the rubber. Put, you know, nail our, our shin down three times, right? You know, I'm a baseball superstition guy, but like, dude, 20 seconds, really? And they're experimenting with this. They're experimenting with it in spring training. And Max Scherzer, after his first game, the, 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 probably one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball right now, the clear-cut ace the last probably five seasons for the Washington Nationals, he said this, I know as players, that's something that MLB is trying to negotiate. I don't think there's a negotiation there. It just shouldn't be in the game. Having a pitch clock, and if you have ball strike implications, there's no clock in baseball, and there's no clock in baseball for a reason. That's my thoughts. Listen, dude, I think the coolest thing about Major League Baseball is twofold. The first one is there's no clock on the game. You're 100% right. There's no 20 minutes runs out, the game's over. You're always, you always have a chance in baseball to come back. No matter what the run deficit is, because you don't run out of time, you as a team run out of outs. When you run out of your 27 outs in a given nine inning game, now the game is over. So it is up to you to utilize those 27 outs to the best of your ability to extend as long as possible the opportunity for you to score runs. Okay, that is beautiful. The second thing that's beautiful about Major League Baseball is it's the only professional sport where the defense controls the ball. Think about that. The only professional sport where the defense controls the ball. Those two things are super unique about the game of baseball. Well, Max Scherzer, I'm here to tell you, we're not trying to change that, bro. No one's trying to change it. They didn't say baseball can only last two and a half hours. Actually, no one's ever suggested that. Not one person has ever said baseball has to be finished in two and a half hours. It's a drop dead rule after the sixth inning if we hit the two and a half hour mark. We're not doing that. No, what we're simply saying is you don't need to walk 30 feet off the mound after you throw one single pitch, catch the baseball, slowly stroll back to the backside of the mound, take a deep breath, look up at the left field foul pole, take your hat off, wipe your sweat, put the hat back on, step lightly in with your right foot, then your left foot, then bring your glove up to your face, and then get your signs from your catcher. That's what we're saying. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, dude. Seriously. You're telling me that as a professional athlete that's making 20 plus million dollars a year, you can't throw a baseball, catch it from your catcher at about 55 feet at the bottom of the mound, turn right back around, and even if you still take five seconds to breathe, get back on that freaking rubber and be ready to receive your signs before that 20 second pitch clock is up. But what are we talking about here? That's my point. And I believe we're trending heavily towards this rule being put in place. The other thing that's talked about big time is in between innings time. How long are we going to take to run out to the, to, to the field? Again, is it because we're Major League Baseball players? Because, I mean, we teach kids growing up all day, every day. You got to sprint to your position. You got to take pride in playing defense. You never want to be the last one off the field. You sprint on, you sprint off. 
Well, until you get paid. And that's my point. That's my, that's my point with this whole thing. Like, I don't get it with these professional athletes. Like, they get paid and we can change the rules. No, dude. Play the game the same way. And I guarantee you, we might not even be having this conversation. But we are. Because players lollygag. They take their time getting out. And I get it, dude. You, you are, you've earned it to a degree. You are a professional. You are a major league baseball. You're at the highest stage you could possibly be at. So you want to take an extra second, get jogging onto the field, whatever, dude, I get it. But you're telling me it's going to take more than two minutes and 25 seconds in between innings for you to get on the field and get ready to go? I mean, what are we doing here? People bring your stuff out to you if you're on the If you hit a ball and you're rounding first, going to second, and it's caught for the third out, and you're the right fielder, and your team's in the third base dugout, you're not running back to the dugout to get your shit and then run to right field. No, it's actually quite contrary. Your first base coach or your third base coach is going to come out to you. He's going to kindly take your helmet, take your batting gloves, take your elbow guard, take your shin guard, take whatever other guard you got on, and then you're going to turn, and you're going to walk yourself to right field. And then a bullpen catcher is going to step out and they're going to toss a baseball with you. You're telling me, and, oh, and then, then someone's going to run your stuff out for you. I forgot to, forgot to mention that. You're telling me that it needs to take more than two, two minutes and 20 seconds. And then the other dudes that are in the dugout can't just pop their helmet off if they were on deck, take their batting gloves off, grab their glove and hat and run out to the field. That is a player issue. And that's the problem is the players need to recognize you have to be open to some of this change. A three batter minimum for pitchers. Am I fully interested in that 50-50 because I'm a manager? I see the game from a, a tactical standpoint. So now you're, real, you're going to eliminate the uh, A position in baseball, which is, which is the, the left-handed reliever for a left-handed hitter. Your lefty-on-lefty matchup, that's not going to exist anymore, which is okay. And I think the general consensus is how ridiculous is that this guy comes in, throws seven warm-up pitches, then throws seven pitches and his job's done for the day. I get it. I don't disagree with it. But at the same time, that's the tactics of the game. And on the other hand, baseball is a lot different than other sports. If I'm LeBron James, I play 20 minutes, I sit 10 minutes, I can come back in. If I'm Alexander Ovechkin in hockey, I can come on and off the ice as many times as I want. If I'm Lionel Messi... If I start the game, but I get taken out, I'm not allowed to come back in. And that's the same thing as baseball. And it's interesting with soccer, right? You have 11 players on the field, but you only get three substitutions. Well, in baseball, you're not limited in your substitutions, which is the unique part of it, but it's the same idea. You cannot come back in the game. So think about that. Imagine if Lionel Messi wanted to take a break at the 40-minute mark. He comes out of the game, and then it's like, all right, well, he, he can't come back in. But then imagine if he could come back in. Right? Well, baseball doesn't have that. Soccer doesn't have that. So to take away the ability for the coach to use that to their advantage and say to themselves, hey, you know what? I got to get as many guys in this game as possible to help us win. And I also know that I can't bring in that lefty reliever for seven pitches in the sixth inning and then bring him back in the eighth. Maybe that's what we should explore. And if he comes back the second time, he's not allowed to warm up in the game. He can only warm up in the bullpen. Or I got an idea. Maybe we explore the fact that we don't need to warm up in the bullpen for two innings, then run onto the field, then throw a minimum or a maximum, excuse me, of eight warm up pitches before then we have to go. I'm confused. So baseball's unique, man. You know, you can't just make changes and bring guys in and put guys back out. So the three batter minimum for a pitcher is very interesting unless they decide to say, hey, you know what? That one one guy's one guy a game 
is allowed to be re-entered into the ball game. If that's the case, then maybe you might see that handled a little bit differently by coaches, but I get I get it. They're trying to eliminate the amount of times the coach gets out of the dugout, goes to the pitching mound, and then leaves. That's why they eliminated, eliminated the amount of visits last year to six. So it's an interesting debate. It could go 90 different ways, but the bottom line is, I think the underlying message is, baseball needs to make changes. It's boring. You need to do something about it. And if it means being a little progressive and putting the DH in both leagues and making minimums on pitchers and, and changing your trade deadline so it's, it's earlier in the year to make teams make decisions earlier, lowering the mound, moving it back, whatever it is, do it. And Major League Baseball, to finish, just signed a deal or agreed to a deal with the Atlantic League, which is an independent baseball league, mainly based out of the Northeast, uh, teams in Long Island, now now a team in, in High Point, teams in Maryland, et cetera, et cetera, have, are going to work on these progressive ideas for Major League Baseball, one of which is possibly automated umpires, the possibility of moving the pitcher's mound. They were, the Atlantic League was in, was very progressive in 2013, 2014 in, in, in limiting the amount of defensive meetings you could have, as well as being the first to change the intentional walk and not allowing the batter to step two feet out of the batter's box unless there's a foul ball hit. So those things are all things the Atlantic League has done. And Major League Baseball's deathly afraid of testing these rule changes on their own prospects. And I also think the owners and the general managers of these teams are as well. So Smart move by Major League Baseball. They signed a three-year deal with the Atlantic League so they can test all these progressive ideas in very good, a very good high-level baseball setting. I mean, for reference, last year, 32 players that played in the Atlantic League, independent, independent baseball league, were then signed to Major League Baseball contracts and played in affiliated baseball, which means it's a team affiliated with a Major League organization in single-A, double-A, triple-A, or any minor league system right there. So it's a league with clout a league with quality players and a league that can help Major League Baseball study these rule changes and see, maybe there's a difference. There's a 140-game season in the Atlantic League, so it's a pretty good sample size to see what Major League Baseball can do to help change their game. Get me on Twitter, individually, at CoachRomo24 or at DabPodcast on Twitter and Instagram to get in on this debate. We're going to throw a question tag up on the Instagram for Dab Podcast. I'd love to know what rule changes you like, what rule changes you don't like in Major League Baseball. And if you think I'm shot, or if you think that you don't enjoy watching baseball because of these reasons, get us at dabpodcast.com or send us an email at dabpodcast at gmail.com. You got to remember, you can get the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podbean, on Anchor, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I appreciate you joining me on this Rome Solo Friday Dab number 44. I am your host, Andrew Romanella. We will be back in the midweek with my partner, Anthony Rinaldi, to dissect all the potential sports topics out there for you. But until then, I will talk to you later.